Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and I have my two little friends in two little black boxes right here in front of me on my computer screen. Ryan. I got very specific. And Scott. Apparently they're putting VR headsets on cows to make them happier in Moscow. I'm I'm here for the cyberpunk future. It's just it's just, you know, the one step closer to the Matrix, man. Yeah, you know, you know, it's in virtual milk. Have you guys seen VR chat? It's really weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's some weird shit going on in VR chat, guys. You, the world is not ready for VR chat. I'll tell you that right now. It's the new, it's the new Second Life, which the world wasn't ready for Second Life. Yeah, no, and no. <laughs> so, hello everyone, welcome back. We know our scheduling got a little mixed up, but we had a really great interview with a really great person. Uh, very last minute, and we wanted to make sure we got it out there for everyone to consume. I haven't bought the video game yet because, well, I've been consumed by Hades, but I'll get to that in a little bit. I bought it. I just haven't played it yet. Yeah. It doesn't take too long, and it's it's very good. So we should play it. We should probably do an actual full review of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll be on the docket. But, Scott, how has your gaming been? Oh, it's been great. Um, D&D and Vampire are the games that I'm running, which I love both of them. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'm really, really happy where Blood Covenant is going. Yes, yes. Uh, Blood Covenant is going to be short and sweet, uh, but oh man, you motherfuckers go to some places and are going to continue to go to places. Uh, I play Mo mostly. I, I mean, don't. no, we're all there, man. Well, we're- yeah, it's true, but Mo, 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 Mo has some uh, some good moments. Uh, I mean, but I've, yeah. I've always said Mo's a shitster, and I love her for it. So. Yes, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. yeah, no, it's been really fun. Uh, I am, I'm reaching, I have reached a point where uh, I'm getting very close to being able to move on to the final stage of editing mm-hmm. uh, before I start releasing them, and then I'll be releasing a good chunk of them as season one, and then the next chunk of them as season two, and whether or not we get a season three is up to a number of factors. Yes, including audience. Yeah, most, audience. Most, most, most especially the audience. The audience. So, so we'll be pimping that out when that hits because mm-hmm. we want to do more of that. We think there's some good juice in there. Oh, yeah. I, I, I know where season three will go uh, yes. in a number of places. Uh, <laughs> and oh, boy. Yep. Um, is that it? Is that any uh, other uh, that's it. D&D's been good. I can't wait. Uh, we're, we're in the... I believe next session uh, is going to be the last of the f- second to last chapter of the yes. event. Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. going to have a, the, a nice big, big weird confrontation with somebody. Uh, and then you're going to have an even bigger and weirder confrontation with the actual bad guys. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I just, re- thank you. You just reminded me of what happened the last actual ep- uh, session of Act Inc. Oh yeah. Oh, I Some forgot stuff. about that. There oh, was man. an airship battle. Somebody fell out of a plane. Someone fl- <laughs> fell out of a floating office building. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so look forward to that, guys. That yep. that continues to come out. Yep. Um, other gaming, uh, not much is actually going on. We did we finished your D and D game. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We have another D and D game, non recorded, ramping up uh, with uh, with uh, you. Uh, yeah, some chuckleheads. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. For Ryan, what about you, man? Man, oh, I just ran like I spent a, a lot of time running this weekend. So that was fun. And I played Star Wars. Star Wars. And we great. played Star Wars. And we I played Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. I sort of 
kind of punted on on this one on on that one because well i need to know what you guys exactly wanted to do because i'm not going to go do a whole bunch of work for stuff that i'm not oh no welcome to happen to how what happened to me at uh in uh avernus man i was like tell me what you're doing i don't know i mean we're on the road man we're on the road map yeah that's true we we got got a pretty pretty straightforward goal you know i ran uh, around the frost maiden for about five hours yesterday which i was very tired at the end of it but it was it was worth it because i wanted to get them over a specific arc that they had been sort of setting up are they in chapter two or three now one is doing one okay yeah oh no we're not we're yeah they're just get about to a butt chapter two a little bit like they're yeah. almost ready for chapter two stuff they're still like level three okay but cool they uh yeah they they had themselves a, a nasty fight i i i think it's uh <laughs> i'm kind of proud of this but they go they all they about 50 percent party down each fight like each big fight like i take out two of them yeah that's- and the other two have to kind of like hail mary it and it usually yeah. works out okay. Yeah, that's good. That's very that's nail bitey. That's good stuff. Now that's probably going to slow down or become non-existent later on, but we'll see. There's some weird I, shit. I, in I haven't run this adventure. Band. I'm told it's very mean. I'm yeah, told the encounters can get very mean. Yep. Cool. All right. As for my gaming, well, I've mostly been doing Blood Covenant. I'm doing Acking, all that fun stuff, uh, and I'm trying slowly but surely to get a Scion game up and rolling um I mean, because i've been hit with a creative bug and i've been writing down a lot of stuff but just getting every one schedules and just sort of getting everyone on the same page that's always nightmare. yep that is the true test of any gamer uh but other gaming it's not role playing because there's not many choices but i've been playing a crap ton of hades just astronomical ton mm-hmm. um people should look up what hades is and uh see if it's your cup of tea because it's a lot of fun you're going to die a lot. That's part of it. Yep, that's a big part of it. All right, as for the, we're just going to hop right into the news. Not too, too much. Uh, the revamped Curse of Strahd box set is out and about now. We have it. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's got new stuff. I don't know all the details about what's in it, but it's um, out now. I mean, it's got a, I mean, as I, we, we picked it up. Uh, oh, you did? Okay, cool. Yeah, that's when I say we have it. I mean, we literally have ah. the coffin in the room. Okay, cool. Over there, but uh, the paper—it's actually the the reprinted book is paperback. It's, mm. a, flop, it's a floppy D and D book. Interesting, which I'd never seen before. I was very just surprised by it. Not not upset, just surprised. Uh, and also the the um the tarot deck that comes with it is very very pretty. Mm. I would be interested to look at it. Maybe you'll be inspired to run Curse of Strahd for us because that's a module I've never played. My my plate's fucking full. <laughs> oh no, I'm at no time in in the immediate. Um, as for other news, let me go over. So related to D and D, which is a bit more serious, is hey guys, we were going to have Dragonlance books. Now we're not. Yeah, I, I vaguely am aware of that. What the hell? Uh, so Ian World put a good article, and I read through the whole damn thing um, because I had heard rumors uh, about a week ago. Um, Basically, Hickman and Weiss, uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name, W-E-I-S, 
uh, filed a lawsuit against Watsi for basically termi- uh, unlawfully terminating their contract for the books. And supposedly the argument is uh, they were writing, they wrote the first book, they had the second book working in drafts, um, and that Watsi basically said, hey, we're not approving any more manuscripts, period. They didn't like cancel. They didn't like out and out say, hey, we canceled the, the, the contract. We're just not going to approve any of your drafts. Right. And by not approving any of the drafts, they're basically canceling the contract. At least well, that's really their argument. On who, who gets paid and when. But I'm assuming that since they sued, that the money was tied up. Yes. Like the, 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 the you know, the initial output for, for the books is one thing, but the whatever they were going to get for upon completion of approval of manuscripts or something probably wasn't. Gonna yes, happen. that's part of it. Um, um, so. Also, the payment is weird because they get so they Weissman Hickman owned the IP. So it, this isn't like, oh, we worked for hire for Watsi to write these books and Watsi owns the, the license. No, Hickman does. And they had a publisher that was, they were working through a publisher. Basically, the publisher was paying them so they could publish the books. And then Hickman would pay Watsi in exchange. So, so were was, these gaming books or were these no, novels? No, these are novels. These are straight novels. new novels. Okay. Uh, likely, if they did well, we'd pretty much see a Dragonlance. Dragonlance. I'm kind of surprised we haven't already, but that's, they're probably te- that, that was probably testing the waters. Especially since Wizard of Ghost doesn't own the IP. That's yeah. That's I I don't um, I don't know enough about that, nor am I invested enough in Dragonlance. Um, but you know, corporations are corporations, and yeah. I'm sure that they have a mix of good and bad reasons for doing what they're doing. So the the interesting reason, and this could actually be done in Watsi uh, Wizard of the Coast's favor, is supposedly. The reason they were stopped approving some of the documents is that they did not like some of the content that they were coming out with that was that uh, Wizard of Coast and has been kind of slammed for like sexism, bad hiring practices, uh, misrepresentation, that kind of stuff. Oh, so the so maybe the the book had a little too much 80s fantasy in it is what you're saying? Yeah. Um, something about a love potion and, oh, and certain well, names. Oh, that's, that's, well, well. Let's 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 back it on up. The Hickman and then were like, if you guys Watsy, if you didn't like it, we would happy happily right. revise the book. That's part of the, the draft. Part of sending a manuscript, the editorial process. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I and know y'all the, got editors, <laughs> and supposedly they just dro- apparently dropped them like a bad habit and haven't well, approved any of the manuscripts. I guess they may. I guess they. And it sounds like they. Have, it sounds like Weiss and Hickman have a case. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it depends on. I mean, I'm sure the lawyers will will open up their arcane tomes and do, <laughs> do dread yeah. uh, dead bureaucracy yeah. uh, at each other, uh, uh, and someone will have to you know tap all their mana cards and yeah, and someone will be richer. And supposedly, what happened is the publishing company, uh, Penguin Random House and Watsi were talking directly to each other, which wasn't supposed to be able to happen. It has to go mm. through Hickman and Weiss. And so they were kind of circumventing them. Oh, man. No, no. I think Weiss and Hickman got a good case then. We'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, it's called They'll torturous right, interference. No what, though. Yeah. Torturous if, if there's two people, I'm not like, like, listen, I'm not really super worried about, you know, 
some of the writers of some of the most famous fantasy novels around. They they'll be okay. Yeah, they'll be fine. I'm just sad because this means depending on it, we just may never see those novels, which makes me feel sad. Do you, um, are you a Dragonlance reader? No, it's just I know a lot of people who are. I'm like, these are the first books in a long while that have come out. So, uh, Sometimes it's okay for things to stop. Yep. But that's that was the mostly serious, like actual serious stuff that came down the pipe as far as uh, gaming is concerned. Actual goddamn lawsuit coming down the pipe. We don't see that very often. Um, uh, another news, a company known as Nightfall Games, they make a gaming that I was completely unfamiliar with called SLA Industries. Was made in like 93. Never heard of it. They've got the license for Terminator. Hmm. The Terminator RPG. So... There's not much to go on. They have like a Facebook page and that's it. They don't have any other content out for, so we're going to see something soon within someone, probably another year. Someone's going to make some money off the Terminator IP. I'm, I'm God interested. damn it. If we're not going to make it through movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested because I can see them doing like, oh, you're all part of the resistance and you have to fight against Terminators or you have the group where one of the people in the party is is like, Arnold is a T one eight hundred. Seems like you're gonna have the yeah. It seems like that's the the exalted problem. Yeah. <laughs> seems like you're dra- a solar and a dragon blooded game. Yeah, yeah. As if. Uh, it's but, very hard to balance, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but regardless, I think it was. It's interesting. I would not have expected something like this, and so I'm eager to see how it turns out. Uh, in other news, uh, Steve Jackson Games, Philip Reed Games, and Skeleton Key Games are basically making a zine, RPG zine for Mark Borg. Hmm. Yeah, they're going via Kickstarter. I'll have links in the show notes for it. It's basically, if you're deep into Mark Borg, they're basically making something where their games as well as Mark Borg can all be easily accessed through a small sort of digital PDF print for people to use to generate content for their games. Um, I mean, it's interesting because sort of shotgunning story content directly to you in a fast paced sort of way is, is uh, could keep, could be interesting because there's always a lot of um, lag between books, like especially your favorite mm-hmm. games. You got what a year, two years. Yeah. Unless you're a D and D fan, in which case, just every four, three months. <laughs> so I, uh, well, I mean, also, you know, World of Darkness, well, Onyx Path. Yep. Uh, yeah. Books come out pretty regularly. Well, um, it depends on what games you're all into. If you're into sure. every game that they produce, sure. Like for me and Ryan, whenever new D&D game content comes out, we're like, okay, we're going to talk about the D&D mm-hmm. content because it's not only consistent, but it's fairly of good quality. Whereas like Onyx Path, still very good quality, just like, I could be into uh, the Trinity, but I'm not mm-hmm. into Chronicles of Darkness or some sure. other game. It's not interested in me. So uh, I, I, it's not exactly news, but I did witness something kind of amusing this week. I call uh, that on, news. On the Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. is basically a, thre- a Facebook thread with John Wick and Jesse Heining, just basically like nut punching into powered by the apocalypse games that was something i was thought about bringing up and i didn't know when i was going to bring it up uh you know what there's not a lot of meat on those bones it's just people with opinions but it was kind of i was amused by it it's good 
because the they took it to Twitter too, and mm-hmm. I saw the Twitter end of it. It's very amusing um, because for people who don't know, Pirates by Apocalypse System is very an indie sort of RPG darling. It's a very light, fast narrative system. A lot of systems use it now. And unfortunately, you have the classic, oh, you have the D&D group, and then you have the Powered by the Apocalypse group. And they think the others are stupid for, for well, playing that The funny thing is, is that I, don't, I know John Wick is not a D&D guy, and I don't nope. believe Janet C. Hanning is a D&D guy. So nope. they're neither of those. Yes, they're, that's what I'm saying is it, it's just it, because Powered by, from their perspective, Powered by the Apocalypse people are becoming more incessant about their the inherent superiority of right of the their, righteousness of, their of theirs yeah well i like i like matthew webb's comment on it matthew webb yeah. in front of the show uh yep. that uh powered by the apocalypse fans are the tool fans of the rpg industry which but not I the good ones at because you know i like tool yeah but not but, he said he's specifically qualified but not the good ones mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes uh, like me and scott the yes. good ones yeah because obviously we would be the good ones. We cannot possibly be the I, bad ones, right? At no juncture I, I, have I ever judged anyone who does not like Tool. If someone tells me they are not in, not a fan, I'd be like, well, I understand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not I for everyone. It. Although it's I, did for recent, everyone. I did recently have a, have a moment where I had a, a friend of mine who I will leave unnamed send me a message. No, it's okay. Uh, uh, who sent me a message? Uh, this fan fan did one at one time really not like Tool, and then just out of the blue, he messaged me as like Scott. I am I need to apologize for all the things I've said about Tool. <laughs> It'll happen every once in a while. Yeah, like, yeah. You just get someone who's like, oh, like Tool. I'm like, but have you like? I don't know, man. I'm not gonna be like fuck king crimson i don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's not <laughs> part of it's it. I don't I don't need to get into a fight about it with anybody. In fact, no. I have listened to the In the Court of the Crimson King. Didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Not my thing. But anyway, uh, RPGs. Yeah, RPG stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, last little bit. Uh, literally today when we're recording, a new Earth Arcana has, has dropped. And we have I ourselves... Have, I have an opinion. <laughs> but we'll get into it later. Yeah, we'll get into it later. But it's uh, some dragon-oriented monk and um, ranger subclasses. They look pretty neat. They look neat. They're, they're neat. I just... We'll get into that later. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So we're going to head right on in to the main topic, which it's spoopy time. It's the poops. It is. We are less than a week from Halloween and uh, almost basically a week from the scariest day yeah. of the year. <laughs> yeah, the most, uh, the most anticipatory, like, heart-pumping, sweat My, my sphincter cannot be tighter <laughs> type of my you know, situation. It's a... I got to say, whoever's putting this on is a master of existential horror. Indeed. Yes. yes. Uh, actually, uh, 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 I, I messaged friends like, hey, you interested in the gaming? I'm trying to get a game together. And they were like, nah, not until about a month from now. Don't talk to me about gaming. Tell you I what, am not in the mood. Tell I'm you like, what, why don't you ask me in about two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all, yeah. I yep. get it. I get yep. it. But regardless... Yeah, the uh, this episode's coming out literally like two days before Halloween. So we wanted to talk about one of our favorite sort of horror-oriented settings that we know a good deal about here at Bollywood. That you've heard us talk almost endlessly about. Yep. 
which is the world of darkness. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about its effectiveness as a horror setting. Oh, it, it most certainly is. It, it's, there's a lot in it. Um, but we're going to talk about it from a broader perspective than we normally do. Uh, mm-hmm. And instead of focusing on uh, one particular game line or uh, something like that, or, a, or any particular edition or a particular book, we're just going to sort of talk about the setting as a whole. Yeah. Uh, sort of what it looks like when you step back from, when you take a good like 10 feet back and sort of look at it across the lines. Well, you can definitely say that it has that it has the horror staple of it's got some rules. It most certainly does. There are certainly uh, elements of hmm, how to put this. Well, I think I think probably the biggest thing that that, that needs to be understood about the world of darkness of whole as a whole um, is that it's an element that mostly comes up from Mage. Is that that setting is a consensual reality? Hmm. Yes. It is. It is not. It is not set in stone. The the sands of what is and is not real can and do shift around. Uh, yep. Not only from like to era to era, but from perspective to perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that, in and of itself, is pretty fucking existential. Yes. Indeed. I too had a hard time reading Sandman once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the time it was all just cats? Yeah, that was yep. yeah, there was cats at one point. Everything was just cats. It, World of Darkness to me has always been interesting because I obviously got introduced to by a vampire. Mm-hmm. So I had a very Judeo-Christian like grounding in what it is. And then then you get into werewolf and then you get into mage, and that starts breaking mm-hmm. that very quickly. But even from the Judeo-Christian perspective, I always it was horrible because it's like, no, God exists and he he's awful. Like he don't care at all. Yeah, it's like if actual Christian Christianity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you actually read the Bible and, and interpret what you read there without any rose tinted glasses. Yeah, Old Testament bullshit. Um, well, I mean, that's that's the thing is like from the consensual reality perspective of it, you can you you kind of have to form a very loose mythology around what is actually real, because you know, you can definitely say okay, there was some creator entity, and he did create it slash he did create life, and that life had some sort of like a cosmic family drama. And at some point, reality solidified, uh, most of reality solidified with uh, most of pe- most people in the world believing in the Judeo-Christian Islamic um, paradigm. Yeah. And those mystical figures just sort of got crammed into the figures of like, you know, Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel, Lilith, like all of and, these things. Like, it, it's like they had a mask shoved onto their face. Yeah. The mask yeah. became real. Yep. Like, but because how do you know what is real, what is not? And that's, and that's obviously why they're for, all so pissed off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's why every game master, when they make their World of Darkness game, needs to kind of, if they're going to go deep into the metaphysics in their game, they're going to have to think about these things and how it like, all works. What is actually going on? How much does consensual reality actually change things? How yep. much of what was it still is after it's gone through the meat grinder of, you know, the global paradigm? Are werewolves real? Are what are werewolves? What were they at one what point? What are lupines? Yeah. yeah. What are lupines? What is the concept of like where does everything fit in? Are Cain and Abel and all of that like precursors from before time? 
mm-hmm. from any concept and they were just carried over into consensual reality as, as Scott said earlier, or what are spirits? What's the spirit world? How mm-hmm. does, how does that fit into consensual reality? Because humans don't normally interact with the spirits. Well, I mean, it's, it's that, I mean, I think the, the, the most calcified thing is the bit of the world of darkness where we as humans walk around on like this ball of mud and rock. Yep. Um, that, that is the most like, that, that is like the, the hard little nugget of like where consensual reality matters most, but it's not entirely the whole of reality. No, it isn't. Um, which is not to say that consensual reality does not affect the spirit realm because we have myths, we have legends, we have things that people believe, yes. all of which are reflected in the spirit world in one form or another. Yep, that is very so, true. While they may not be utterly beholden to consensual reality, they are still shaped by it. Mm, very true. That's a good point. Thank you for bringing that up. That was that I had not like precisely thought like that, but you are absolutely correct. It's just just because there are higher or quote unquote lower levels of reality does not mean the consensual reality does not bleed and uh, is affected by the and vice versa. Those things can affect humanity too, and that sort of reinforces and influences consensual reality. Yeah. So 10,000 years ago, someone saw a spirit in, you know, the forests of Russia. And then we have, uh, you know, Baba Yaga. Yeah, exactly. And then Baba Yaga, the spirit being, or whatever she might be, because she's probably a vampire. Uh, But, well, that's another thing is that vampires are the most disconnected from that aspect of it because they are these like static dead things. And basically once they become what they are, they kind of become pebbles in the stream. Mm-hmm. Like they like they're, they're rocks in the stream and they don't they don't move they don't change and they they might remember things a little differently which is you know what is the madness of age is it truly your mind is degraded from time and time or are your memories your memories but the world has changed around you that literally is a really really good point Scott I had, no one has ever articulated that to me of how you can sort of square it with the mage paradigm and vampires like no no old vampires they actually what they remember is their reality they have perfectly fine memories it's that everything else around them has changed and in fact history has literally changed yeah history is retroactively but because of their static nature it's 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 like in any of the in any of the movies the trip the time travel trips mm-hmm. where the one time changes but you remember everything that was different or in a parallel universe. But then you also have the fact that in recent years, in the past hundred or so years, uh, there is a faction in the world of darkness that has worked to calcify reality at a massive pace, mm-hmm. which is the technocracy mm-hmm. group of mages. And they have lit- like things have changed very rapidly and they've also like solidified and what we know about the world has solidified I think it's it's one of the more interesting things of um, uh, the moon in the world of darkness used to be just like the spiritual reflection of Luna, mm-hmm. like the big the big silver light in the sky was just like Luna burning through into reality. But when we landed, when we started to observe it, it became more real. And when yeah. we landed on it, it became a giant rock in the sky. It's uh, it's quantum field theory. It's mm-hmm. it's the observing the quantum waveform makes it real it solidifies it into a 
a form of reality that we can observe and see, mm-hmm. however form. Hmm. Which Very is true. that's that's the hubris, that's the horror of mage, is the fact that you know you have people with their political agendas literally reshaping reality on a massive scale with you know who knows what the consequences there may be i'm so so glad i'm so glad that that can't happen yeah yeah (laughs) that that can't happen uh yeah it's almost like it's a metaphor for you know how the powerful and the elite and you know people who are in control of things just sort of willy-nilly do things for their own benefit yeah mage is the the horror as you said hubris it's the horror of power it's the horror of of a normal person being able to change reality as they see fit around them. Well, and then that's an interesting thing because like that act, the moon landing, it had, in, it had consequences that technocracy didn't, didn't uh, uh, the technocracy didn't account for, which was that moment of collective wonder and, you know, imagination and, yep. you know, possibility uh, possibility was what broke open the gates to Arcadia. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's what ha- that's a thing that happened in Changeling, and you had this influx of wild fairy magic returning to the world. And the technocracy, sure, shit, didn't want that happening. Nope. Uh, because the 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 mankind's collective imagination was like, oh, that's neat. And then they also shot themselves in the foot by like delving into quantum theory. <laughs> yeah, because they were like, oh no, which then leads into like the like more the aesthetic was it the aesthetic brotherhood and mm-hmm. their their theory of like of 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 Buddhist theory of everything being one thing and then quantum theory re- reinforcing that. Uh, it's kind of like that Mitchell and Webb's Webb's uh, thing of like, no, it, there's no meaning in this. It's probably just a random mutation that caused what looked like a pattern to happen. No, no, not that, not that. <laughs> From a from a church guy. Yep. Yep. Nope. It's a funny that. sketch. Uh, since we've been sparking about the world of darkness, uh, literally today on Reddit, there's some great little meme. I'm gonna copy it. I'll make sure to put it in the show notes. It's this conflict in literature, and it has a whole bunch of uh, uh, of oh yeah yeah I saw that where, uh, white wolf games and like classical man versus nature werewolf modern man versus society and then it says postmodern there's an entire column called postmodern man versus technology man versus reality man versus author it's just mage (laughs) labeled out i was like yeah you go that's man versus god is demon the fallen yeah man versus god is rage it's a little hard to it's a little hard to keep up with oh yeah there's there's a lot going on everyone has to be I mean, I played it briefly. I played like about six sessions, six sessions of it before it fell apart for various reasons. I was enjoying it greatly, but boy, oh boy, is there a lot to it. Yeah. Well, I thought I think you were playing uh, the Chronicles of Darkness version. Yeah, we were playing the Chronicles of Darkness version. I've heard Ascension is even more. Woo. Oh yeah, no, it's it's the the Chronicles of Darkness version of it. Uh, awake, yeah, Awakening. Um, they codified a they lot. They codified a lot. They basically said magic, the magic works like this, and this is how magic is. Yep. And there are different aspects to it and different flavors of it, but it's all one thing. Yep. Whereas mages are like, no, magic is like ten different things. Yeah, it's, it's it depends on your your it, that because the they the chronicles of darkness really didn't do the whole consensual reality thing. Mm. Like that really wasn't at the heart of what the chronicles of darkness was about. Um, but mage certain, uh, but mage uh, the away the ascension and the world of darkness definitely does that shit, and it's like there's one aspect of you can look at this where you know fanboys who want everything to work together 
and like everything to be reconciled and make sense, it is kind of a tool to say like, no, it doesn't have to. Yeah. Like our books are different. The rules are slightly different. The canon is different. The canon contradicts each other. Um, and that's a, there's a reason for that. We'll see what fifth ed does because yeah. there's been no, you know, none of that. No, dear listener note that all of this stands on them going forward with that. This is all what has been. True enough. I, I don't think they're going to change like the fundamental nature of it if and when they get to mage, because that's when that, that aspect of the world really opens up. But they, they, they've led already in V5 great groundwork for the concept of that, that history and everything is not as well known. They are not putting canon out as much as the old world of darkness, the old white wolf was. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, your games are your own. You can do stuff. We will put out supplements. We will put out cool stuff until you can throw it in your game. But it is really whatever you guys want it to be and what you need it to be for your game, which mm-hmm. I, I, I applaud them for. I mean, that was the one thing the Chronicles did right with Vampire is that, you know, if you go, if you go sleepy night night, you don't, you don't know what was a dream and what was real after, yeah. after you wake up, which is, you know... That's a nice way of saying it. it's like, no, I don't care if you're a 1,500-year-old vampire. You don't know shit. Well, yeah, <laughs> you don't they, know what happened. They shotgun or, continuity because they're like, oh, the beckoning is happening. So our, all the old fucks that would remember a lot of this stuff are gone. It was a, very, it, it was a very shrewd maneuver, I will say, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. anyone who's played enough World of Darkness with people who like the World of Darkness too much will tell you <laughs> that you suck and that mm-hmm. the elders are better than you and we'll just, you know, spend the entire game waving that around. Yeah, and it yeah. was also... Yeah, I've had ahead. healthy experiences. Yeah. <laughs> that was always the problem. I, we've talked about this many times before, just the idea that you had these people, canon purists, that were just coming to a game. It's like, your game has to conform to canon that have, I have in all of the green books that I have bought from White Wolf. It needs to follow this stuff. And that's a lot for a GM. I don't care who you are. Yeah, That's it's also a reasonable expectation, you know. Absolutely. Unless you're dealing with like a shared a shared story where you have to like deal like you have to have some sort of canon baseline like a or like an orglarp. Nah. No. Nah. Like you can the, the storyteller can always point to the section in like any core rule book from back in the day of the golden rule. Yep. I can change whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, and I think that that is definitely and D&D take it off the to other D&D because this is the biggest elephant in the room has done a very good job of, of of trying to instill in role players nowadays that like it is whatever you want it to be. Your table can be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. You do not have to follow canon. Even if it's one of our prescribed setting books, you don't have to follow it to the letter. And V5 has definitely taken a page out of that book. And I'm here for it. I'm 100% here for it because, well, there's a sense of authenticity when you run a very canonical game Mm-hmm. I don't think you get as much out of it unless you have an extremely good GM, extremely good GM who's very erudite about it. It's not going to come out the way you want it to come well, out. It's not also, gonna... Yeah, I mean, it, it's the problem with a, a, a huge backlog. Are we supposed to be just, we're just supposed to be talking about the overview of the world of darkness, right? Yeah, basically. Okay. I mean, we can, we can go into specifics. Yeah, but Sorry, it's yeah. The problem with a huge backlog of lore is the fucking barrier to entry is too high. Mm-hmm. That too. Yep. Like, here, here's the thing. You know what's fun? Here, let me tell you what's a fun thing to happen. And this isn't going to be fun, so don't. So pack well, this in. is the the horror story sort of 
the horrors well, of the world is, of darkness. But this is real life. Like this is I've seen it. Like okay, this person has a lot of enthusiasm for like just say vampire. They got the vampire core book, right? And they want to run it, but someone at the table knows goddamn way too much about the game. Yep. And you know they and I. And I've been at the table where someone goes a little buck wild and it was like, and, and, and it was dumb. Don't get me wrong. We weren't playing Vampire the Masquerade. But as long as the person like at, at the head gets the general gist of what's supposed to be happening, I'm cool with it. But it's, it's a huge bummer when someone at the table no butts everything or um actually is yeah. way too much stuff. And it's a huge barrier to entry. So getting rid of it, getting rid of that barrier to entry saying fuck the lore <laughs> and like let's just move forward that's a good it's a good plan all around or at the very least if you're a little person who's like i have my conception of what the world of darkness is like i'm i want to play this game these are my expectations and you communicate but you're also cool with throwing those expectations out the window if the gm's like nah i'm not going to do that fine that is perfectly fine you can be you can come to the table with standards but you have to be willing to say my standards don't matter thank 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 God I haven't seen anything like that in the last decade. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that's, that's, I think the, the new world of darkness, the fifth edition world of darkness has made it pretty clear that, you know, we're kind of wiping the slate clean where, you know, your, your lore is your lore. Um, and, but yeah. they've also made a, a point of saying, you know, we're, we're stepping beyond certain aspects of the old world of darkness because, you know, some of it was pretty racist and then culturally insensitive and a little bit sexist from time to time. Yep. And, you know, the, sort of the in-character version of, yeah, what, what, was, what was true about the old world of darkness was true from the perspective of mostly European old dudes. Um, and you know that's who had the the sort of the stranglehold on the lore. And now that a lot of those really old fuckers are out of the picture, new voices and new perspectives on the truth can right. come out. Yep, history was in fact written by the victors. You see, yep. indeed it was. Uh, and you know, European imperialism and the Camarilla that fed off of it won. Yep, yep. a bit. They, they won, and now they're losing. And now it's the young youngers and the uh, the spoopy sabat are off in the corner where they need to be because Jan they are Petrizin very scary. Was, is a venture, right? Oh yes, very much so. Okay, and I I don't I never read Clan Book Venture, but I almost assume that there is a part with Jan Petrazun in it, or at least some letters or some shit. What do you think Jan Petrazun's viewpoint on uh on how th- how history has gone? My where do you think he stands? Yeah, he thinks it's pretty good. <laughs> For the he's most had part. a wonderful time. He's had a wonderful time, except for the fact that he has, you know, a thousand-year-old vampire who made him uh, basically riding shotgun in the back of his head ever since he died. Yeah, being a rich white man. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. It's I mean, a trade. <laughs> there's a trade. He was very, uh, very rich. He was very rich and very evil. That was before he became a blood-sucking monster. Indeed, uh, but yeah. So I mean. Uh, it'll be interesting, definitely, to see how Werewolf uh, yeah. reinterprets the world of darkness from that perspective. Because it's very interesting, because Werewolf, they, they, they have their perspective on the world of darkness. And, you know, it's the who has it more right, the werewolves or the mages, is sort of the, the eternal back and forth. That will never get solved. It will never get solved. Well, that's the thing, is that, like, mages, for the most part, 
look at the spirit world from a step removed. Yes. Like even the dream speakers have to like go through a lot to really understand what the hell is going on there. Yeah. Um, and from the technocracy side, the void engineers, they are, they see it, their paradigm changes their interaction with the spirit world in a completely different way. They think yeah. they're going to space. Yeah. Or um, super subspace or super whatever. subspace or whatever. Um, but the werewolves are not human and they are directly plugged into the spirit world and they get to commune with the spirits and the incarna and, you know, the triad. Yeah, they, they oh. commune with it in a way that no human can ever really wrap their head around it. Nope. It's... So they, they have front row seats to an aspect of reality that everyone else kind of has to get secondhand. Yeah, and because they're supposed to be there. That's part of their nature is like, we're supposed to be here. This is our, this is our part of our job. Our mm-hmm. job is to be in the spirit realm from time to time, dealing with the spirits because this reality, the hard edge between the gauntlet is, wasn't really supposed to be here from back in the beginning, but now that it is, we have to, we are both, we are both animal and man. And so therefore we must walk both the mm-hmm. spirit and the material and we must so, constantly fall. Fa- uh, even if they don't deal try with to unify, sorry. Okay. No, go for it. Even if they try to unify the, don't try to unify the lore, which they don't really have to, but they probably could do it relatively. Well, they'll do it the way they've been doing it, like leave it vague enough to who the hell cares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to see, like, I can see definitely where when you look at the system for V5, I'm, I'm interested to see, because it's very, very obvious that you can plug in the other, you can plug in Paradox and Rage into the, the Rage dice. The oh, yeah, Paradox absolutely. Dice, and immediately, like, you, ha- oh, you got a nice system here for you. I, I, you- could, I could pull off a, a half-decent werewolf game in a day like yeah. i just need to tweak a few things and we're good right you just you know what the tool set's gonna be here yeah. it's mm-hmm. like well if those if those orange dice don't look too, too happy guess it's time to freak the fuck out correct um, um well i'm curious to see how they're gonna roll in like gnosis yeah for that because that is a because they have two different power stats whereas vampires just have one um but uh i really encourage especially you matthew to play heart of the forest because they drop a few things about where I think They're the gonna go. story might be going. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which might just be sort of a, this is what these characters are saying from their perspective. Uh, or it might be actually indicative of, of a new um, line of how things are going to be portrayed. And it's uh, when the get a Fenris get mentioned. Ooh. Because you, you get a very one-sided opinion about what the get a Fenris are all about in that game. Ooh, that's going to be a touchy subject with modern perspective. Indeed it is. Well, the perspective that you get was they're a bunch of fascist Nazi fucks. And you're not entirely wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they're from like, a yeah, perspective. Some of, them, some of them literally worked for Hitler. And that's yeah. all you get to hear about them. Yep. Which is interesting because your character, Maya, comes from Getstock. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And her, mm. and her like, I, I, I didn't go down that path. I didn't delve super deep into it. But your grandpa did a real bad thing. Uh. Yeah, I, I kind of assumed as much when they spat at your name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It happens in like the, 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 the demo. Yeah. Mention your name and they're like, basically yep. like, like, oh, I see. Uh, we're in the old country, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder yeah. what happened. But they also talk about something that I think isn't is new. Um, they don't really. It might be some. It might either be new or a new way of interpreting an old thing. 
um, which they talk about, there's a tribe name that I don't recognize. Like one of the characters is of a tribe that I don't recognize. And the way they describe them, I'm not entirely familiar with what they are because they talk about them being, uh, I think they talked about them being from Siberia mostly. And they're sort of half breed cast offs. They are, those exist. They are a Uctina, uh, an Uctina and a, a Silver Fang breed. Really? Okay. Yes, they, they do exist. They are in canon. They were in the old canon. They exist. Interesting. There. Okay. Very, All right. That's just deep lore stuff. Yeah. It's, it's one, they're a small bloodline that have their, they are a consistent mix between all, I mean, we're talking about pre Alaskan bridge. Uctena, oh, okay. All right. And, uh, and old, old silver, silver fang. fang stock to the point that they are basically, they're kind of their own bloodline within where one tribe within werewolves. There are very few of them. They're in very narrow. They well, that explains exist. why they, they would be where the game was taking place, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would very much like to play a, a werewolf game one day. That'd be great. I've never gotten to. It's real fun. Like, it is, it is, you get, even with the coteries from Vampire, you get the, this is your party. This is yep. why you are all hanging out, and there is no hemming and hawing about why you guys do shit together. Matt, you made a big, you made a face, you made a bulgy eye face. I made a bulgy eye face. I know. I'm sorry, sorry, patrons, sorry, audience members. I know uh, podcast gold and all that uh, is so werewolf for playing in a werewolf game is extremely interesting because the politics are very much there. The group dynamics are very much there, but they're always on a rager's edge because you as a player have to go, how much do I really want to like poke my fellow players or the characters and see what happens? Because everyone's supposed to be on edge. Everyone's supposed to, it's, it's everyone's got a loaded gun and it can go off nearly at any time. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, it can be, Either that gun is pointed, you know, front towards enemy. Yes. Uh, which uh, what <laughs> definition? You, it's a it's, it's, a, it's a claymore. claymore. Um, it, it is a claymore that you have to keep, keep. You you need to keep firmly pointed toward the enemy, and who the who and what the enemy is can change um, depending on where you are and what you're dealing with. Yep. Um, or if it's mishandled, that it gets pointed at somebody who you care about or it gets pointed directly back at you and back at you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, interesting. Go ahead. Well, it's another thing is like, and they, they in werewolf 20, they did a little bit. Actually, no, I think it's more in the mind's eye version of werewolf, the most recent mind's eye version of werewolf where they talked about like different pack structures. Mm-hmm. Um, but like some of, but for the most part, werewolf is not a democracy. Like it, it is. It is kind of like playing a military game. Kind of, it was kind of like the the uh, the Trinity game we played for for Polyhedron plays, where it was a military structure. Someone was in charge. Someone could give the rest of them orders, and that is an aspect of that game that's very unique in terms of because most role playing games don't have that sort of ingrained. Someone is in charge. You have to do. You have to suspend your own agency for you know the collective good. Yeah, that's that's also why I made the face is because you have a group dynamic that is and you have a power differential. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not be physical. It's mostly social most of the time, but it's but it's very much there. So if oh. you're like, I don't want to do what you say, it's like, OK, 
something's going to happen to you. There has to be a challenge. There has to be a challenge. Um, there has to be some con- sort of confrontation that well, will be settled. And that's where the, you know, know the game you're about to sit down to mm-hmm. yeah. comes up and the session zero comes up. It's like, hey, if you're asking to play in a werewolf game, you may not want to play this game if confrontation with yeah. your fellow PCs is not to your taste. Yes. Well, that's the, like, that's the thing is like, yes, confrontation with your fellow CDCs might be your taste, but unless you want to go, you know, off the, the rails as far as how gay society handles itself, that confrontation has to be done in a very specific way. Right. They have, it's very, very rarely to the death. It is very rarely. And it, you know, it, it gets resolved. It is not something, it is not something that is supposed to linger, particularly between the pack. And that is one of the hardest things to do in the role play when we when we played was when something was decided and that could have been with dice. It could mm-hmm. fate could have just been against you and you lost. You are technically by by the society, by in game setting, you drop it. It's done. It's over. Mm-hmm. You do not bring it up again unless a new thing gets added to the mix that would bring that up again, you're done. You don't you acknowledge that you lost or that you were in the wrong and they were in the right. Um, and so in that respect of the big bully brash guy in the room gets to kind of do what they want. Not all the time. Not all the time because challenges aren't always, I punch your face in until you stop moving. Correct. There's, there's generally, uh, that's where the, that's where the hand of the storyteller comes in because if they're, it's very rare that someone, a, a fellow PC, has to be the mediator for a challenge like yeah. that between the pack. You almost always go to your master of challenge or some other elder. And if the PC, if the storyteller is doing their job right and there's no other extraneous factors like, oh, your, car- your master of challenge is secretly of the worm or he's like in bed with the, you know, the shadow lords in a real Or something way. else is going there's on in the background. Some like off the wall plot point you as a storyteller need to be fair. And as that NPC, it's more, most often a philodox, mm-hmm. you know, it's their job to do that sort of shit. And that's where you say like, okay, the ragabash has brought up a point, you know, it's a valid point. A challenge has to go down. Uh, storyteller through NPC says like, we cannot resolve this in, you know, dick punching. Nope. It cannot be resolved by dick punching. There's no way for it to be fair. The matter has to be fairly determined. So you as a storyteller then come up with a challenge that both of your characters could feasibly win. Yep. Um, um, and also, it to, also it, the, like you said, there's the proper like decorum. Mm-hmm. Because part of it was like, I'm the Ragabash and I, chal- and I have a point to make. I have to challenge you. The, a lot of the things that would counteract challenges is the challenge gets to decide the terms. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I get to decide what arena we get to. If you really want to go toe to toe with me, you gotta you gotta be willing to put uh, put your feet to the fire for this because I get to pick I get to pick right. a lot of the the battleground, as it were, of how but this that, is going to get settled. That is a lot of the drama of werewolf. That is yes. where, and yeah, but yeah, that that is is one of the thing. But but back to more setting general yeah. stuff we're getting yeah, yeah. sort of deep into werewolf it'll be interesting to see like i said how that gets interpreted in werewolf fifth edition um and how that fits into the greater world of darkness um and this is going to be interesting to see how they handle like 
just like how they're handling the apocalypse. No, sorry, Gehenna in Vampire. Like, what right. is the apocalypse? What was the apocalypse? What maybe yeah, something did happen? Yeah, or well, because what they did in Gehenna is like, yeah, some big stuff happened around the turn of the century, but that wasn't it. Yeah. Like, Gehenna is an ongoing process. Of course it's an ongoing process. It was not never going to get handled in a weekend. <laughs> um, it, these are thousands upon thousands of year old master, you know, before the flood vampires. They're going to take their time in rising and devouring and, and, control, and assuming control of the world. And, and for Werewolf, it would be interesting because I read all the novels. I have them. Mm-hmm. And one of the interesting things of the last big battle is they all kind of all the werewolves that live through it go to sleep. Like there's mm-hmm. a winter blanket and all the all fall asleep. And I'm interested if something, some rendition of that happens where something happened and things have kind of had a and their culture had to get kind of remixed, just like V5's culture got remixed. Because mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where the horror uh, intentions are because obviously cultural sensitivity with what being it is, they need to be more mind, even more mindful because werewolves, the tribes follow very ethnocentric lines. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, that's Utena? right the fuck out. Yeah. It's right out. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, that's going away. Yeah. Like Utena and Wendigo, they're almost exclusively native Americans, indigenous mm-hmm. people in the Americas. So it's like, what are we going to, how are we going to deal with that? Because that was always the problem with like, oh, I want to play a Uteno or I want to play a Wendigo. It's like, well, you're a white dude. The answer <laughs> might just be, sorry, yeah, you don't get to. They're gone now, or they're yeah, it's just not something you. I, I don't think they'll be. To. I don't think they'll do that. I I think that, but there, we may see an interesting sort of like. It may be a thing where like the totems come come down and say enough i will accept anyone yeah exactly yes like the, to- the totems might have a how to have a a thing to say about well it's the well i have we have the choice of we go extinct or we expand like or mm-hmm. we open the, the gates a little yeah just like the bonars that was always been the bonars philosophy is you breed and you expand and you do your job and you don't who cares about the bloodline like mm-hmm as far as like the purity of quote unquote, their bloodline. Cause yeah. that's also another thing that werewolf had. That's a little bit. Yeah. Pure, pure breed might be a thing that goes away in some form or fashion. I think it'll still be there, but it will not have the impact that it used, it used to have. I think they'll definitely, because that's definitely a, uh, a lore sheet or a, a merit. That's definitely. Oh a yeah, merit. that's right. Yeah. The, the, uh, I never thought about the idea of there being lore sheets and werewolf. Yeah. There absolutely be. totally will be lore sheets. Which will probably be, you know, you know, pure pure breed. Will be pure breed. Well, I can see that as more of a. I know we're not talking about uh, horror, but we're talking about mechanics now. Yeah. But I see that as more of a merit because Maybe. a lot of the little things like that are handled by merits, like a striking appearance or something mm-hmm. like that. But lore yeah. sheet could be like you are uh, actually your tribe could be a lore sheet. Yeah, it could be. You could you could do some weird stuff with I'd, tribes. I'd be interested to see it used that way, actually, as more of a, a lore. No, no, your lore sheet's a core aspect. <laughs> more, whereas, like, okay, everyone gets like, okay, you have the first dot of your lore sheet, but mm-hmm. anything beyond that, yeah, kind of it. is another dot cost has its own benefits and kind of puts you in a place in within your tribe or something but that they'll, yeah. well, who the fuck knows yeah who knows? It, who knows but lore sheets could be very interesting because you could be like i like uh, them yeah, yeah i love them i love yeah, them I, I, I think I they're great i love them well, well there would 
what's great about them is they're both backgrounds and merits and mm-hmm. right. just direct plot directly into yeah, your character's well, veins. I, I'm sure I've said this before, but Le- uh, Legend of the Wulin has entanglement as a as a one of the many experience tracks that it has. And you can say, and, and lore sheets are 100% stolen from Weapon of the Gods, Legend mm-hmm. of the Wulin. Yep. Like, that is lifted. Mm. Because you buy into a lore sheet using entanglement in Legend of the Wulin, and it is like, there's like lots of different options for certain amounts, and it's literally just putting your quarter on the machine and being like, this guy, okay, this faction, this faction's lore sheet, th- this one here that says I have a rival in this faction who does mm-hmm. this stuff, I am putting my experience into that. That is happening. It is. This is a part of my character. It's also telling the GM, this is the kind of story I would like my character to be involved in. Please pay attention to it. Within mm-hmm. reason. Within reason. You know, can't can't expect it to be perfect. But. Because I, I, I could see werewolf war sheets, like, not worm-tainted, but, like, you're really into knowing about the worm. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe a little bit too much. And yeah, if like you buy, we all have that friend who is way too into serial killers. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. And he has a podcast about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. But all but other horror stuff. Let's let's kind of bring yeah. it back to the horror stuff. Something I keep looking at my screen here is something that not a lot of people got a lot of experience because it was one of the last books made, which is Hunter the Reckoning, and the horror that was in, uh, inherent that's a horror game. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> because it's boy, oh boy, don't get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Because Hunter the Reckoning, for people who may not know, is about playing humans who are very recently imbued with some greater power. Just never explain what it is. Just they're called the messengers. Well, you know, unless you look at the timeline of like when that book came out and when other books were coming out and what storytelling conceits White Wolf was doing at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, angels. That... It was angels. You're powered by angels. Oh, no. What, no. what, what are what, who, who, what, who was so it? there was a small period of time uh around about when exalted started to come out oh yeah <laughs> the, 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 the the wink wink nudge nudge uh you know never quite quite outright said but implied was that exalted was the prehistory of the world of darkness i knew that and that was coming out around the time that hunter came out which led a lot of people to be all like oh hunters are solar shards coming back coming back um but actually i have the book i have the hunter book in the back it mm-hmm. has the first little advert advert for exalted mm-hmm. first edition going hey guys well, and it's also- like before vampires there were this before mm-hmm. werewolves there was this and that it's was like also in the back of a first edition aberrant as well yeah. and and yeah that would that, that was back in the day when they were tentatively trying to connect the two settings mm-hmm. together that could then they get right the fuck away yep out the door which is fine it's great it's fine yeah it's but, an interesting thought uh it, it's it like i see it as if that's a thing at all it is uh from the perspective of um my favorite and my what i consider to be probably the most canon book in the vampire line like like the deep lore which is revelations of the dark mother of course you do uh which well because it, it represents a cosmology that that is removed enough from the Judeo-Christian side of things and like more like deep cosmic lore that when you look at it from like the werewolf and the mage perspective, it syncs up a bit better. Yeah. Uh, But one of the things that they, they introduce in that is the notion that um, our reality is cyclical. 
that there are periods when there are period there are ages of reality, not just of the world, but of reality of itself. You know, reality reality comes into existence, it flourishes and develops for a time, and then it just comes to entropy, and then it all crashes down. A long period of time happens, and then a new version of reality comes forth. It's it's also sort of um, impl- implied in Kindred of the East mythology as well. Right. Um, but the turning that the is, wheel, like the connection between exalted and world of darkness if there is any it's like no these are two separate incarnations of the same reality but there is like a gulf of like void in between them so any similarities yeah get 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 thrown out they're they are tenuous like shadow threads at best yeah and so hunter the the gist is you're normal people who are suddenly able to see and interact with the supernatural and unlike all the other splats if you because you are imbued literally by these messengers, the supernatural creatures cannot make you forget them, can they, cannot hide from you. Like there's nothing they can do to make you like the most of the sheeple of humanity. Mm-hmm. But you're looking around going, my neighbor's a zombie. Oh shit, they're waving at me, but they look dead. What am well, I supposed another, to do? Like, and that's another horror thing of it is like if you look at these two things in context with each other, it's very clear that the messengers are coloring your perception. Could be. Very messen- could like, be. They could be. Well, it, it depends on, like, that's another thing about real- consensual reality. From, what, from whose perspective are we looking at it? Correct. Um, because, you know, from a hunter perspective, also, you can could... can your consent be taken away? Exactly. <laughs> um, from a hunter perspective, you know, you're seeing this terrible monstrosity, but if you look at it from the other end, that's a humanity seven vampire who's just trying to do his best. Right. Uh, but when you look at it through the, the hunter, Oh, you know, uh, they live glasses. Yeah. Which is exactly what it basically is. Like that's a fucking yeah, like bat winged, like scraggle fanged monstrosity uh, that is taking out its garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very interesting because they, they hinted at the time period, there was a lot of stuff in Wraith going on mm-hmm. and it had been like, Oh, the souls of the dead had started like reanimating bodies or started possessing people. And that mm-hmm. was a lot of the things you were seeing on the day to day was you're seeing dead fit people, literal dead people, just no one else noticed because mm-hmm. that's how that consensual reality works with normal people is you don't look at those things. Whereas hunters were like, oh my God, there's zombies everywhere. <laughs> but also they but they also the later hunter books were very much canonical in that vampires exist, lupines, werewolves exist. It's like, how do you interact with these people? Because some of them aren't just bloodthirsty monsters. Some of them so, are in fact just people. Or just people, people doing, people doing good things. Yeah. But yeah, like especially like a thin blood. Yeah. Like, yeah, like how do you treat a thin blood? It's like, well, you're just you just had a bad run. You just had a bad run. Like something and, bad happened to you. And depending on the creed of hunter you were, because they 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 bold they had splats, mm-hmm. um, but they were very loose splats. They were merely like, what is your perspective on going out on the hunt? Because that was always centered around going out and hunting down bad things. What do you think? Some were like uh, Avengers, which are jack them up. We're, we're gonna put boot to ass. Some were like they could probably be redeemed mm-hmm. and holy shit. Do they not have a high level power that could just do that? Like, Oh, yeah. you're a werewolf. You're not a werewolf anymore. You don't have that. You vampire. You're fine. You're a normal human again. I think uh, that Hunter had one of my all time favorite like, uh, flavor <laughs> texts for a power, which is the I'm immune to fire power. Yep. 
and it was described as a guy pouring a can of gas over himself and like then pulling out a ladder. It's like, you guys want to see some scared motherfucking vampires? Because <laughs> their powers were potent, but they were not. But most of the time, they were just kind of normal people. But mm-hmm. the thing, normal the, people. The thing things. that I will always remember about Hunter the Reckoning is like, oh no, you don't heal faster or anything unless you are very specific in your power set. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you have to really invest to heal faster. Otherwise, if you <laughs> debt and maladies, man, it's it turns yeah. into debt and maladies real quick if you get your. I, I've always wanted, I've always wanted to play or be run a hunter game because it is that kind of low grade gritty game, but you still have a, some punch to you because there was some. Uh, they had a gambling mechanic where mm-hmm. if you had conviction, you could you could literally opt and gamble your conviction, which would give you a whole bunch of dice. But Oof. if you failed the roll, you would lose a whole bunch of conviction. So, And that's what you use to fuel your powers and to keep yourself from being controlled by other supernatural creatures. So wow. it was this huge like push and pull. Well, that's, that's uh, one of the reasons why people thought it was the Solars is because they ran off virtue. Yeah. Like they yeah, had, they had they three had, pillar virtues. Yeah. yeah, they had very similar virtues to... Uh, exalted characters, mm-hmm. which well, you know, in reality it, it, they were trying a design space. Yeah, they were they were going for a design space. That's absolutely just trying true. to design space out. Like, but the root oh. horror of Hunter is very much, am I crazy? It's the mm-hmm. it's the horror of the self. What am I actually seeing? What is my I'm reality? The right thing. Yeah, and and also it's like what is seeing the truth in the lie, and also like just I am just but a man against the world. And what am mm-hmm. I supposed to do about that? And, you know, who, who, who are these messengers? Who, what am I really serving? Yep. Um, you know, what agenda is behind this? Yep. It seems good. It seems right. But is it? But really, is it? Um, because the messages are super cryptic and very, mm-hmm. uh, very short. You don't get a lot of information from them. So it's like the idea, and consensually, because around the time they were also brought out Demon the Fallen, was the idea that God or create, this creator entity was trying to fix it, fix the world darkness, but it was breaking that much faster because of it. And it was angels coming down and viewing them. So that's sort of like the horror that Hunter gives. And obviously we know the horror of Vampire, which is the struggle of the self. And mm-hmm. the attorney that you have to deal with me and the horror of, of oh god the horror of wraith uh, do we have to well i mean it is probably one of the it is probably like the most dark depressing like horrific horrific existential horror of any of them yep because yep. you are dead yep you are dead your life is is over you are hanging on by the by the thread of the things that you used to care about and the things that d- drove you and per- gave you purpose. And um, there's a very real chance that you could just get swallowed up and, you know, become either one of the greatest monstrous things ever, or just get yourself annihilated. Yep. Just it's, get it consumed is very much... into an eternal empty void. It's, 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 it's true existential horror in the, you do not exist. You have very real chance of never actually existing ever. You're, you're oh, and, and guess what? Capitalism still exists. <laughs> yeah, oh, und- und- uh, uh, underworld capitalism. Yeah, underworld no. capitalism is still a thing. Yep. Come on. <laughs> Even in death. Yeah. Even in death. That's the real horror of it. The hierarchy. Oh, God. Yep. 
uh, because you, you have... needed souls to forge into soul steel because that's where Exalted got it from. Mm-hmm. Was was the original? Uh, did they call it Soul Steel or something? Yeah, it was else? Soul Steel. Yeah, Soul Steel. They would forge souls into the material they needed to make some of their best material, best uh, uh, creations. Yep, you had authoritarian assholes yep. who uh, wanted to literally turn you into like you know means of production. Be you. I never thought I'd like Wraith until I played very many years ago a Wraith LARP, and mm. I really. It, Okay, it was very skewed because it was very hard to do the um uh the uh, the shadow. Oh yeah, it's very hard to do that. But regardless of the setting, was extremely interesting because mm-hmm. they were all divided up based on how you died. Hmm. How you died was base is the hierarchy of the different guilds is what they called them, mm-hmm. because based on how you died would would determine what kind of quote unquote disciplines or powers or kainoi you would get. And that means they would they would handle certain um, purviews of the underworld. So some were better at crafting soul steel and the like. Some and some were good at fate and manipulating luck, that kind of stuff, and just kept going through there. And you were constantly in wraith. You were balancing: Do I mess with the mortal world and try to like reconnect to the life I had, or do I keep miring myself in the politics of? the underworld and mm-hmm. fight against oblivion because oblivion had oblivion had its own agents like uh they were called specters right mm-hmm. that were and literally are monsters they are yeah, horrible well, shadow creatures well then um, they used to be wraiths yep like they are what you can turn into if you give into like the nihilistic self-destructive urge oblivion if you gave yeah. into oblivion um you would become that and part of the big allure of wraith was really you needed multiple people at the table and some were playing the dark, dark horror aspect of yourself whispering in your ear all the time. And if you were role playing it correctly, you weren't just trying to ignore that voice. You weren't mm-hmm. just trying to make it loud and it just push it away. It was always there because it's always, always trying to push you to go. Just let go. Just. Yeah. They had a, exist. The, the shadow players guide, uh, was one of the best books just for all the role-playing advice. Yep. Like, who dorn? Uh, but word of caution, Wraith is for not for everyone. Nope. Mm-mm. If you no, have superior, if you have any kind of like serious depression, I would recommend no. Yep. And, uh, if You're you supposed have any... to feel better after. You know. Nope. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where it's useful for a catharsis if you can manage yeah. it correctly. Yeah, they literally had a mechanic, I think, called catharsis. True. <laughs> but managing that out-of-play mechanic in terms of, like, how do I use this story about, like, the worst possible fate uh, into dealing with my own, like, real problems. Yep. It's, uh, it's... Also, it's... yeah, you're kind of... You have some problems with uh with there's a certain amount of consent that needs to be had with oh, yeah, people absolutely. around you to uh, as I like to put it get your shit all over them. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have yeah. to you should really everyone should be signed on to just get all covered in everyone's shit. This, this mm-hmm. is why if you talk to any of the old school white wolfers and stuff like that they're like Wraith is one of the few ga- is the game that has been played the least but is one of the most revered because mm-hmm. of its unique stations that you can't just have any GM run it. You can't. Um, yeah, you have and to. the group is the same way. You cannot just have any old group play Wraith. 
Well, I think it's probably the most artistic of them for that mm-hmm. reason. And I will say that I hope as they release them all, that thing you just said isn't true anymore. No, that people will actually should be, I think all of these properties should be easily digestible for someone of any understanding of philosophy or, you know, existential philosophy. <laughs> I'm like, very I, interested to see what they do with Wraith because that will may be the least changed or one of the most changed. And if it's the most changed, will it really be itself? Is it Wraith anymore? Yeah. You Which know, it might like, just be a thing of like, well, I mean, that's the thing. They're doing a fucking Wraith video game. Yeah. Like they're They've doing got a based to... VR game. I think that's a better place to explore it for sure. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't need a GM to whisper to you all the time. You have, true. you know, threads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you just have a guy, a little AI that's your Wraith. Yep. Dicking around with you. Or yeah, you, or, you get, or like um, sort of like Disco Elysium where you constantly have these weird messages pop up and options right. given to you. Oh man, a Disco Elysium style Wraith game would be perfect. Yes. Like because they, it's if, like because based on what you buy and how you died and all this other stuff well, starts if, if feeding force, bad thoughts into you. If part of the force is any indication of like where they can go in terms of like, you know, weaving very, very easily weaving in mechanic into like choice mm-hmm. the way they did, which was I thought very good in the demo at least. I think they can They'll probably do that just fine. Like, yeah, I think, I think so. Having in, it. in a video game, it's a lot easier. Well, first of all, with the video game, you're sitting alone. You're playing alone. Yeah. So the like, so have fun with that. But yeah, the way it's described is like every single person in Wraith gets a shadow. Yeah. Like all Wraith have them, mm-hmm. and they're all well, like, hey, you do bad things. You wouldn't. You wouldn't be a Wraith if you didn't have one. Right. You would have moved on. But mostly the. Think of the, the the load, like yeah, the load of that. Uh, what that's why in groups, what it would happen is the GM generally wouldn't play the shadow. You would have another player Feet have the literal mm-hmm. shadow sheet that had their own character sheet, the shadow with its own powers that was assigned to another player to be the shadow of that player. So in some respect, multiple play people at the table had to be as knowledgeable about your into your character as you are. Yeah, you kind of had to. It, it that's where, a, like, you would need something like a session zero, even though they didn't have that terminology back in the day. Of we are making these characters together, and we are, and and we're gonna like draw straws, or we're gonna pick who we want our buddies to be, our shadow mm-hmm. buddies, and you need to talk very intimately about your thoughts about your character, uh, and, and you they got to be cool with that. I had session zeros long before I knew what they was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the first Changeling... Uh, actually, I've played a weird amount of the weirder Chronicles games, but I played Changeling from Chronicles, and yeah, we basically had a session zero where we sat around for a very long time and discussed each of our characters, and it went to... Uh, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Time. And speaking of Changeling, the last before we, we, we got out of here of the horror of it, is Changeling had horror too. Oh, Changeling, uh, Changeling the Dreaming, as it was called, was one of the on the page was one of the most uh bright and uplifting aspects because the whole point was you are a fairy touched you are a fey creature you're a person yeah i mean for at least chronicles of darkness it, it it's it's all bright and fun unless you want to role play that time you spent in the hedge which i yeah. sure did <laughs> well i mean it's also well it's actually it was even lighter yeah. than that in- dream dreaming and lost were two very different animals yes Yes, um, I only it, played. Yes, I only played. Yeah. Dreaming was very much um, 
how to put dreaming. Lost is a lot easier to wrap your head around because Lost tells a very specific story and it's the story of abuse survivors, mm-hmm. of trauma survivors, right. of people Which... who, you know, that is, that is that story. Whereas dreaming is more, more general death of wonder, death of, innocence. Uh, you know, innocence, um, you know, calcification of reality and, you know, that sort of, the, the the light going out. Yes. Uh, l- l- let me explain it like this because I'm, I'm still looking at that fun meme, but it's actually helping me guide my thought mm-hmm. process is man versus society is they call it the changeling, which is very true. Oh yeah. It's something that I didn't realize until I was much older that changing the dream is very queer coded. Oh yes. 100%. And I never got that when I originally played it because the whole point is you are to everyone else. You look like a normal person, but because yeah. you are of a fae, you are dreaming. You're, seem- you're seeming. Mm-hmm. You're seeming, you see all the other fey and wonder and reality. And so you are one way, but everyone sees you a different way. And if, and if that comes out, if you, if you reveal yourself, bad things happen. Yes. Um, um, it is very, very queer coded. Yeah. And because like one of the, the core horror of it was it's very, very bright, but everything is super dark around it. Everything's darker because you are so bright. That's was the horror. That's part of the horror of changing the dreaming, uh, because the wonder of the world was going away. Things are becoming more banal and less and creative. Bit by bit, you lose you lose what makes you bright and wonderful. Correct. If you aren't careful, yeah, they they did call it calcification. Calcification, and not only that is like the one of the methods by which you keep yourself bright and wonderful and and mystical is you know sucking the dreams out of people yeah right and like uh, and, and like feeding on emotions and even though yeah you keep your fire burning but you've made the world a little dimmer like yeah i was an autumn court um, mm-hmm. actually seraphim the character seraphim was originally a shuriken of the hmm. autumn court that's where the, the doc the gross doctor character that yeah. i love to play so much initiated and yeah it's like well not exactly sure how I feel about inflicting fear on people to get my powers. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, True Fae are coming. They're yeah. at the door, so... Mine, was a sh- mine had a shark face and sewed me to a chair once. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's, that's the, the horror of, of, you know, the thing that, the thing that, that hurt you coming back for you. Yeah, they, right, they did. So what are you willing to do to, like, mm-hmm. not, I ain't going back. Changeling mm-hmm. had True Fae in it, but that, those were even less talked about. Yeah, well, lost. they were they were long ago banished from the world because the world got too stagnant stagnant yeah. for them to be accommodated yeah. by by it. Yeah, and also I think in dreaming you could get too weird too. Like mm-hmm. if you got too fantastical, you couldn't be in reality uh, that way. So it was a weird balancing act between being, being becoming calcified or going far off on the other deep end. Mm-hmm. The other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other piece of, uh, um, sorry, no, go ahead. Lost that was specifically wonky is the fetch. Oh yeah! Oh, oh God, yeah! That horrible. Which always has the sure hope you're ready for something that looks like you used to look like to bend over backwards, crack its jaw open, and have a lick a lick a tongue in it. And mm-hmm. It's like, well, not only that, that thing either. has been living your life. Yep. Yeah. So like, it's what? married to your girlfriend. 
you're the you're the one you're the murderer now yeah you're the monster and coming out of the dark to kill to kill jerry mm-hmm. kill yeah. jerry now jerry's a terrible thing but okay. no one else knows that no one else knows that and it wasn't a terrible thing well, it actually probably was a terrible thing. It's a worse thing than you were, but yeah. it gets real bad when you come back. Like, yeah. it, like a switch gets turned on in its head. Well, it knows that its existence has been made forfeit. Like, it was nice. and it, We're talking about loss. We're not talking about dreaming. Yeah. But the idea is, like, it liked what it was. It liked being you and doing living your life. But when you come back, it knows that all of that is off, that is completely off the uh, it's, it, that it's either you or it's it's, it's either a, you or it. it's it, all of it's in da- it's in danger now completely and, and no matter what how it comes out you're not getting your life back oh no no, no. you're not so it's like how important it is it, is it for you to take vengeance on your placeholder or to kill your placeholder in like, some respects it was it was appropriate it's very appropriate to get your placeholder because I think there was like certain merits and flaws or something based yeah, on you, if you, you kill it, but it also, um, it, you also took a, a, a hit on yeah. your morality track if you did it, like a serious hit if you kill your fetch, because that is like a violation of normality, yeah, right? Like this thing, this thing kind of belongs here more than you do now, yeah, it's a reality strut, mm-hmm. like it's a little strut they put in your place. <laughs> And you can't ever step back into where it is. Yeah, and that that was, and again, we talk about loss and abuse victims. It's like, no, you are forever changed by your experiences. You can never look like you, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're different. Mm-hmm. You can't unsee what you have become, period. End of story. Um, um but yeah, I, I liked Lost more than I ever liked Dreaming. I liked Dreaming. Yeah. I, liked it, I liked it in concept, but it was never a game that was like for me. Mm-hmm. Like it, was, it, it was definitely a lot for, for other people, and I appreciate it, and I understand it, and I get where it fits in the greater world of darkness. I think Lost lands more for, you know, like everyone knows what it's like to have someone treat you like utter dog shit, right? Oh, yeah. Like, so everyone can get their... Not feeling like you're yourself in your own skin, that's not a feeling that personally I understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, but I sure do know what it feels like to be treated by absolute I, I think horseshit they, by people who think they're better than you. I agree with you. I think they translated lost a little, changeling into lost a little bit better as it's far as they're trying to get try it. It's a what, more universal experience, but correct. to the people who love dreaming for what it is. I understand. Yes, I totally yeah, get it. It makes a lot of sense to me. Like, and as you, and actually, as you talk, as we sat here talking about the abstracts of what the dreaming is, it's just like, oh, oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's a good it's a good game. I look up all the games; they're all pretty cool. Uh, Deep in the Fallen is the only one that's a little bit of an outlier. I don't know anything about it's, it. It's, it's real weird. Like it's, it, it's it's the most recent mm-hmm. because it was released just before. Wait, I thought was it was it, okay? Was it after Mummy or before Mummy? I don't remember. I believe it was. But Mummy after. Mummy was also another weird as fuck one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they were just throwing out the Universal monsters at that point. At, at that point, they were throwing out the Universal. Yeah, when monsters. you saw the big blue book with flaming with flaming letters says. Demon, Demon the, the fallen. fallen. You're like, like, White Wolf, really, guys? 
we're this is the late nineties and we're like, not even I'm going. I mean, mm-hmm. really, was, guys, was, already? You're going to really put that spotlight I, I'm on sure us? I've gone over this before, but Monty Cook's World of Darkness was a D20 uh, core book in which all of the different World of Darkness races um, were classes, like in the yep. D20 mm-hmm. sense of classes. with a, And they found ways to, like, level you into, like, level you into being a werewolf, you know, yeah. like, with levels. And it's like, it was a very weird decision. I was listening to something or talking to you guys. I can't remember. Somebody mentioned that, like, you should actually take another look at the D20 World of Darkness. Not for being World of Darkness, but, like, the idea of, like, it's an interpretation of it, of, mm-hmm. like, being very punk and, like, like a very different perspective on the World of Darkness. Well... The lore is not the World of Darkness lore, first of all. Yeah. Literally, the story of Monty Cook's World of Darkness, and anyone who you fucking look this up, is literally a meteor crashed into Earth, unleashing the spirits of some some sort of spirits. And all the supernaturals are spirits of different different types of spirits that have possessed human forms. So that's kind wow. of Scientology. It is kind of Scientology. Weird. Because I've never sure. sat down and read it because it was called Monty Cook's World of Darkness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure no. Vampires are murderer souls, like the souls of murderers that have possessed human bodies and like spread through them like a disease. But anyways, anyways, everyone, we've, we've been talking enough time. I think we head we've been off. rambling. And rambling. We've rambled about the World of Darkness. We hope you have a very, we hope you have a very fun, safe, spooptober. You know, um, just... Honor the season, honor the holiday in, in a safe way uh, yep. that you can. But, but please do something spooky. One, sp- one spooky thing. We can't oh. let this nightmare year rob us of, of the highest of holy days. Throw candy at kids. Throw Watch candy a scary at kids. Movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throw candy at people from your porch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get, yeah. get like a t-shirt cannon and just like put Snickers in there. I'm fucking, I'm fucking down with that. Yeah. Fire <laughs> Snickers at people with a crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Roll some dice. Go vote. Hello, everyone. Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at polyhedroncast on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Divis Melkive on Twitter. And I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S on Twitter. And if you really want to show your support and get some extra content on the side, head on over to patreon.com slash polyhedron.